Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. So if we could go to my uh, sermon, thanks, Aaron. I had a great week this week. I, I fasted for, for three days, um, which I haven't done for a while. And um, I broke my fast after the prayer meeting. We had such a good prayer meeting on, on Wednesday night. We, we worshipped for a, oh, just under an hour. And, the, and just being in love with Jesus is such a good thing. And for the love of God to be in the presence of people worshipping and praying together towards this God that, that loves us so much was just a, such a, a great night. And, um, and then we, we prayed for you. We prayed for personal revival. We prayed for the revival of the Church of Australia and we prayed for our nation that, that God would send revival. And the last part of the night, we turned out the lights and we had four tables and on each table we had three candles and I just asked people just to reflect on the fact what it's like to, to be in darkness and to remind themselves that they once were in darkness and living in darkness and that God has sent his son Jesus to be a great light and then Jesus has sent his church to be a light sent upon us, yes. And that, that can remains our purpose as that will be light filled and light givers and um, we're going to look at this idea of that pursuit and desire is the response to the overflow um, can i just say to you uh, that pursuit and desire actually starts in god god pursues you the holy spirit is often referred to as the hound of heaven and um, even before we knew God, God was chasing after us. Even while we weren't thinking about him, the Bible says, even while we're aliens, strangers, even enemies of God, even swearing at him and saying, you are nothing to me. Uh, and if you even exist, some people have got that far that they've turned their life over to the dark side. And um, even while we were there, God is still chasing, pursuing, desiring us. And for some of us, we understand just how amazing that is. Um, so can I just say that pursuit and desire begins with God. He pursues and desires us first. It says in John that God loves us first. And when you get that love, when you get that desire, when that part of God that who he is overwhelms you, then your response comes as an overflow of everything that he is in you. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. We want to talk about what you just observed by three people sharing uh, from their hearts over a couple. The overflow of what God was doing in them came out. It's called prophecy. And we want to talk about that a little bit, but let's just go through this. Last week, we talked from Ephesians chapter 3 and and. I'm just going to take one of those verses, a little bit of one of those verses, just to, to reflect on what we talked about. Uh, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. 
How many people know Jesus loves them? Oh, a lot of hands went, didn't stay, didn't go, how many people know that Jesus loves them? <laughs> if you don't know Jesus loves you, that's okay, you're allowed to keep your hand up. How many people know and understand how much Jesus loves them? You see, some of people put their hands up, but if I have to tell you how much Jesus loves you, in all the words in the world, would not contain how much Jesus loves me. I could not really explain his love to you fully. I can only explain some of it. Paul describes it as the surpassing knowledge. It's just off the charts. Um, There's a song that we used to sing called Indescribable, Unobtainable. You put the stars in the sky and you call them by name. You are an amazing God. But here's what Paul says. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, I want you to think about that too. I'm trying to know the love of Christ, which is bigger than what I can know. And then he says, and that you might be filled with the fullness of God, who is so full that, One human being, one mere little human being compared to the fullness of God. Can anybody be filled completely with the fullness of God? You can be filled completely, but is there more of him than you? Yeah. If I got all of God, I wouldn't exist. In fact, some people have experienced God coming upon them and have felt so smashed in fact, every time someone has that happen in the Bible, there's a smashing that happens because the human body, the human mind, the human emotion can't handle the fact that Almighty God comes upon them. They just fall to the ground. Paul, um, when I think of Paul and I think about this prayer that he, that he had, I think he was thinking about what it was like for him to encounter Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul got knocked off his donkey. He was blinded by this encounter with the living Lord Jesus. And he was filled with this knowledge of love that surpasses understanding. And then he was filled with the fullness of God. And he just was blown away. And so when he prays this prayer in Ephesians 3, he's going, I want you to get what I got. And I couldn't think of a better thing to ask of it. What did Paul get? He got everything everything that he could get. So Paul, in that, this is the summary, out of the riches of his glory, that you would be strengthened with power, that Christ would dwell in your hearts, he would live there, his presence, and that love beyond knowledge would fill you and that you'd be filled with the fullness of God. So we're going to look at what that means. That's, that's, that's where we're going here and that's what we want to pursue and that's how... That's what our hearts want to be desire, And that's what God wants for you. He wants you to have that. It's not just Paul. God, God put that prayer on Paul's heart. He inspired that prayer because God wants that. Paul was prophesying through a prayer. You want a great prayer to pray for your children? Pray that prayer. Ephesians 3, verse 14 down to 20. It is an incredible prayer to pray for your kids. You want to pray for your neighbor, pray that prayer that they might 
actually encounter the living God. You see, when we're filled with the fullness, the Spirit comes upon us and He flows out of us. I've never met a person who's had a God encounter who has not been overflowing with the love and the power of God, where God's encountered them. Paul immediately was, was filled with this power and he, he immediately began to move in the things that were flowing out of him and learning and, and learning, going back through the scriptures and the Torah and reflecting on the prophecies and beginning to understand this God that had encountered him. And he became a man under the spirit of prophecy. God inspired him. But this goes back to the Old Testament where Moses uh, was told by God, I'm going, Moses, I want you to set apart 12 guys and I'm going to take the spirit that I put upon you and I'm going to put it upon them because this is the weight of leading this group of people is too much. So I'm going to impart my power onto 12 key people, in, or each one from the tribe, one from each tribe, and they're going to speak. And so God did that. But out of the 12 that were registered, only 10 arrived to get that, and God came on them. And then someone sent news that the two guys that didn't turn up were in the camp and they were prophesying. And it's kind of like, no, no, they weren't there at the time. They don't deserve it. You know, they missed out. They shouldn't be doing this. Tell them to stop. And Moses has replied, are you jealous for my sake? And he said, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Now, you could go, that's Moses in that context. That's what he was wishing. But Moses was speaking for, on behalf of God as a prophet of God. And he was prophesying not only for that moment, and that all the people will get it. It wasn't just a hope and a desire. It was into the future. And guess what? The, we, we know that was what was on God's heart. God didn't want it just his spirit to be on one man, Moses. He wanted and desired that all his spirit would be upon all flesh. John the Baptist looked at Jesus and he said, I... Uh, and when someone's talking to him about Jesus and he goes, um, Jesus is not there yet, but he's baptizing, he's explaining why he's baptizing. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me, he is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This baptism uh, is the best way to describe it. It would be... Um, or baptism in this term would be if you've ever been under a waterfall. Has anybody ever stood under a, a small waterfall? Let alone a large waterfall, but a small waterfall and opened your mouth. <laughs> you have. Then you know how it feels. It goes like that, doesn't it? It's like this weight of water hits you, but if you open your mouth, it would fill you to flooding. It will baptize you on the outside. It will baptize you on the inside. And that is what it is like to have the, all the fullness of God fill you. That's what baptism of the Holy Spirit is. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, I just want to stop here because a little prophetic word for you at the prayer meeting. The Lord gave me a picture of an old middle uh, in the Middle East in Jesus' day and maybe even in Bedouin times. They use olive oil in their lamps and they have little clay lamps and they have a little wick in there and they fill up 
there, get a little lamp with oil, they put a wick in there and then they light the fire. There are two things required for that lamp to work. Of course, the lamp is the container, but then the oil is the fuel and the fire is the, is the energy to light that wick. And I felt like the Lord said, that's us, we're that. We were made to be filled with his spirit, that's the oil, and the fire is his ignition. And we are called to, our faith is to seek him, to pursue him, to desire him. And then when he does that, we're filled with him and then he does something out of us, which is unexpected. He, he makes light come from us. John talks about Jesus in the terms that he is the light of the world. And then Jesus says, I am the, uh, you are the light of the earth and he talked talk about don't put your light under a stand under a box put it on the stand because you are the light of the world he says i'm the light of the world now you are the light of the world and god does something by putting his fire the word that i have for you is this is the picture i have for you each one of you have got a fire a flame on top of your head and what god does with that fire is he draws up everything that he's putting you into you here and he brings it up and it brings light and light in the Bible is a word for revelation. It's an unveiling. It is a showing. God wants you to be filled with all the fullness of him, to be filled and overflowing so that his ignition brings all the light of everything that he's doing in you out and it can be enjoyed by all those who are living in darkness. How good is God? So John prophesied this and we know that Jesus came and he was going to baptize with holy spirit and fire jesus himself prophesied that his disciples and behold i'm sending the promise of my father upon you but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high the same idea using different language it's a baptism but it's jesus used the word clothing like this external putting on and then um peter on the day of pentecost which was last sunday we celebrated that he revealed that Joel 2 was fulfilled on the day that he was speaking. And remember, they were in the upper room and the room was filled with the Holy Spirit and they could see like flame of fire on each head and they all went running out, running out and speaking in languages they'd never learned. But God was through his spirit coming upon them and filling them. And this thing came up and they started speaking in languages they didn't know. But people were understanding what they were saying and they were declaring the praises of God. And then the next thing you know, people are saying, what's going on? And then Peter gets up and he prophesies under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. I will pour it out. It's like, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And in those days... I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants, my men and women alike, and they will prophesy and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. So what is the purpose of the pouring out? Goes back to Moses. Goes back to Jesus. Prophecy. People would declare God they they would be so filled with God when God speaks to their heart they would 
speak what God is saying. You are that generation. You're all filled with the Holy Spirit and his power that you might be a light. That your words might carry power, the power of God. AD 54, <clears throat> when um, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, some 20 years after Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and after Pentecost. 20 years, not very long. But long enough for things to change. The first day of Pentecost, people spoke in languages unknown, and Peter prophesied. And what had happened is, is that that word had gone to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and now had landed in Corinth and other places in Greece. And churches were starting here and there. We called church plants church startups. Right? There were church startups everywhere. And people were going out, and God's Spirit was on them, and they were being light, and God was filling them, and they were sharing the good news. They were healing the sick, signs and wonders. Things were happening. The church was moving. And what they were doing when they got together is that they would use these powerful gifts that God was operating, this fullness, living out of the fullness that God was doing in them, this coming upon us that God was doing. And as they believed, this would happen. And then supernatural gifts were being operational in the church. In fact, to the point in Corinth that this town had, uh, this town had many of the large towns in the Greek Roman world had a lot of supernatural stuff happening. Do you know, Corinth is almost the antithesis or the opposite of our cities. They had supernatural signs and wonders, demonic stuff happening all the time. But when they came to Jesus, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and his supernatural things was, were occurring them and it was normal for them to have lots of it in a, a gathering like this. And in fact, Paul wrote because they were just going crazy with it. Over the top. And he wrote the chapter before this, chapter 14. And he says, listen, if you're going to do these gifts together, you need to make sure that they're being done because out, out, not out of ego, not out of prestige, not because supernatural is cool, but because God is leading you through his love. This is to love and to build each other up. It's not so that you look really good and super spiro. So Paul wrote that, and, and when, when we get to 1 Corinthians 14, we have a church that is overflowing with God and overflowing with the signs and wonders, but also some immaturity and things that were not loving. I'm talking to a church and to the big C church where I don't see spiritual gifts operating like that widely. But what I do know about this church is they were alive, and that people were coming to Jesus regularly, and they were filled with signs and wonders of God and the good news about Jesus' death, resurrection, and how it changed their lives was being spread abroad, and people were coming to know Jesus. And I want that for us. The fact that they had excesses that Paul had to teach, I would rather have some excesses that have to be drawn back than nothing. Who, who, who's in agreement with me? It's better to try and fail than not, not try at all, right? They were trying and they were failing, but they were trying. 
And Paul had to go, hey, you haven't got it right. Here's some instructions. And if you read the rest of 1 Corinthians 14, you'll get how Paul talks about um, the use of spiritual gifts, prophecy and tongues and all these things and, and the order and the way in which that can be done in a loving way. I don't have time to talk about that today. I just want to finish with this. 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Prophecy is an overflow of God in you. He comes upon you, he comes in you, and he flows out of you. It comes because he pursued you first. It comes because he desired you first and he wants you to have him. So he comes upon you, he fills you in you, and he wants to get out of you to others. Because he loves them just as he much as loves you. And the prophecy is the overflow of his presence. It's the overflow of his power. And it's the overflow of his love. And it leads to revelation. It leads to this unveiling. It leads to a light coming on something that's dark. And you don't understand. And then God just opens it up and he says, I know. And when people encounter prophecy, it comes from God. When they encounter God and it changes them prophecy is god's inspiration and revelation it's his power and when it's mixed with our faith and obedience it begins to be shared as he desires and i can tell you now that when someone's walking in the spirit of the lord and someone encounters it it's transformational Paul said, eagerly pursue love. Can I just say to you this? First of all, eagerly pursue the love of God. When you're filled with the all-surpassing knowledge of the love of Christ, you will have no trouble pursuing love with humans. Paul uses a word, a Greek word, when he says pursue. It's like a hunter. How many people here are thirsty and hungry and hunting for the love of God to become real and fire? Paul goes on and says, eagerly pursue love. That's your bedrock. Out of the overflow and the fullness of God in you, then eagerly desire spiritual gifts the word there for desire is like boiling water bubbling boiling consuming fire can i just say to you that when i was younger i did pursue desire spiritual gifts but for me some for some reason i disconnected inadvertently the desire to, to walk in supernatural gifts from god can I just say, if you truly chase after the love of God and the power of God will come and the spiritual gifts will come. Because when we have a love that is so strong and a power that is so strong, bubbling and flowing in us, what comes out is the overflow. You pursue and when you eagerly desire God himself, he will give you the best of doing this. He is like a consuming fire. Pursuit and desire 
is the response to overflow. Perhaps you're here today and you go, I have to be honest with you, Paul. I've got to tell you, I'm not pursuing God and I'm not eagerly desiring Him as much as I once did. Well, I've got good news for you. God has not stopped in his pursuit and desire for you. So all you have to do is you have to stop and go, Jesus, would you do something that I can't do? Would you come upon me in a new way today and fill me in the fullness of your, of your glory and your love and the power? Lord, that what comes out of my life will be filled with this grace and this light and this power that just brings you glory, brings you honour. i got to tell you, the spending three days praying and fasting this week was good for me. It, it reminded me of how much God loved me. It wasn't about working for, to, to, to please him. It was about presenting myself as a living sacrifice. It was about letting him consume me. And that's what Jesus wants to do for you today. He wants the fire to fall down. So would you just do something for me? just put your hands out in front and you don't have to ask this prayer but let this prayer come in Jesus your love is so great my mind could never fully conceive just how much you love me. Lord, I pray that out of your great power and from your riches that you would come and capture me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me with that great love Come and overflow me with your power. Overwhelm my understanding. Fill me with your spirit. And let your word, your light, your love, your power flow out of me.
just putting my hand on my head and if you want to do that you're welcome to do that you don't have to but God I just close my life faith in you I ask that you would unite within me what you placed in me fill me with your oil flood me on the in, from the inside out Fill me in your great love and power. And light the fire, God. I choose you. I choose you, God. If you would like prayer, if you would really hunger for a release of spiritual gifts that Paul spoke of, especially prophecy, we'd like to pray for you out the front this morning. And we'll pray God to release his overflowing fullness. And go and share how good God is with somebody today. Think of your story. What has God, how has God been good to you in the last days, weeks, and months? Consider Him. Make Him famous. Come if you want prayer.